You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with your angels and loved ones on the other side. The intention of every podcast episode and every service that I offer is to help you heal, to help you raise your vibration, and to give you the tools you need to help others. Why? Because when you take responsibility for your own healing and your own joy, and you use what you've learned to serve others, you're helping to shift the vibration on earth to a place of more peace. And isn't that what it's all about? If you feel called to work with me, we have many services available to you. We offer a new online e-course with a new topic every month. These help you dive deeper on your spiritual journey. We also offer an Angel Reiki certification training program. We call it the Angel School. It's held every other month in person and twice a year online. Here, you'll become a certified Angel Reiki master teacher and develop your spiritual gifts. Twice a month, we offer a live online group Reiki healing session. You just call into a webinar number and listen as I guide you through a healing session with the angels. You can also book a one-on-one angel message reading with me. You help keep this podcast going, friends, when you book one or more of these services on my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, .com. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast to hear all about the freebies we offer as well and how you can win a free session. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. Today, we have on an interview with Hannah Cranston. Hannah is the host of the podcast called Too Much to Handle. She's also a correspondent from time to time on Good Morning America. Hannah is on the show talking about all things empath, what it is to be an empath, and big, deep subjects about being an empath that we have not touched on before. I'm so excited for you to hear some of Hannah's amazing ideas because I know that you're going to be able to use them and see how these apply in your life. Before we get started on the interview, though, I just wanted to let you know that today is the last day to register for our February e-course. We are talking about the egoic mind, how the egoic mind tries to sabotage your progress and keep you from reaching your goals. And in this e-course, we are giving you the tools that you need to be able to live from your intuition more instead of the egoic mind. Because my friends, when you know how to control the egoic mind, it cannot control you. So if you want to sign up, reach out to the office or sign up on our website. Everything is in the show notes. Also, everybody, please don't forget to write a positive review of the podcast. Your positive reviews go such a long way in helping us reach more people. For a list of all the winners of our monthly contest, because when you write a review, you are entered to win a free session with me. All of those winners are over on our Facebook page. You can find my page on Facebook if you search at Angel Podcast. Thanks so much for your support. 
One more thing, everybody. I forgot to mention that I was going to start with the interview first, but when I started talking to Hannah, a reading just kind of poured through. So you're going to hear me jump right into talking with Hannah for the very first time. And when I do, you're going to hear me kind of bring through some messages from the other side. Then we get into talking about being an empath. And here's the interview. Who's the motherly energy on the other side? Oh, do you have a grandmother on the other side? And do you have a friend's mom who passed away? Maybe a friend's mom. Yeah, yeah. I don't have none of my grandmothers. My grandmothers are still alive. <laughs> you're you're very close with your mom. Yeah, and she was really close with her mom. Mm-hmm. It's on your mom's lineage side. It's your great grandmother. Hmm. She's on the other. Oh, side. okay. 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 To know that she. We're going to talk about this a little bit, if that's okay with you. I like honestly, if you could like pull people through, that is like my like biggest dream in life. Okay. Okay. So the way that they work through me is different from like Teresa Caputo. If you've ever seen her show, yeah, I have. I don't bring through the way that they passed away because it hurts too much in the physical yeah. body to heat to feel and I can't release it right away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to bring it through, but there, and I want to make sure this is okay with you because they're talking about the direction of your career and some of the blockages that you have. I only bring through positive messages. Yeah, bring it. Okay. So I want to yeah. make sure that that's okay. It's all good, but I just wanted to make sure it was okay to talk. Yeah, about no, 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 totally. And if there's anybody else that comes through. Yeah. Who's the young person who passed before their time? Oh my God, you're going to make me start crying right now as we listen. It was uh, my boyfriend. Yeah. How old was he? He was 18. Yeah. And uh, where does the car come in too? Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, he died, in a, he died in a car accident. Okay. Yeah. Um, he says that sometimes, now did you guys date for like a couple of years? Yeah, like a year. Yeah. Because... Yeah. He said that you think about it sometimes, like, would you guys still be together today if, and he says, you're on the right track. You're with the right person. You're still with somebody today. Yeah. I'm with somebody right now. He said, you're with the right person. And he said, I need you to know that I've never left your side and I never will. Um, But he said, I need you to know that what you felt was real. Was there another person in the car with him that night? Mm -mm. He was by himself. Mm -hmm. But was there drinking involved? Okay. No. Not on the other side, too, with the other person's car? I don't know about that. What was, like, the circumstances of the accident? He left my house. Uh, My curfew was 11. So at 11 p.m., we were watching TV, and he left my house and probably less than a mile from my house, a car came, hit him head on and that was it. Okay. Cause he needs you to know you still harbor some guilt in your heart chakra over this. Like if he had just not been there that night or like if this, if that, and he says, you have to let this go because it, it just weighs on your heart at times too much. And like almost, well, that you took away experiences that he would have in this lifetime. And he says, you know what, you've got to release that because he said it was my purpose in my life's plan for everything to happen the way that it did. You guys are very close soul friends on the other side. And he says he thanks you so much for 
the ways that you've honored him. What's up with the butterflies? <laughs> oh God, this is so weird. So I, I, when I run, I run on the trails around here and I keep like butterflies crossing and I kept thinking it meant something. And then I had a psychic tell me that it was him. Yeah. And so then I felt yeah. it like, and then every time I see one, I like feel him. Yeah. So let's just keep going with this because this, yeah. like they were, your, um, your great grandmother's been with me since like noon today. She's been so excited. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because here's what they keep showing me and you're going to be like, okay, I feel this, but it just, at times it feels so far away. Okay. Yeah. There's books, there's a lot of bigger things, and it's all coming your way. What happens is, here's what Spirit shows me. You have your auric field energy, okay? Mm -hmm. You have your body energy, and you have different chakras where this energy comes through. And when you're holding a vibration of fear, because everything's energy, yeah. right? All energy vibrates. It vibrates at different levels or different frequencies. The highest vibration is universe, God, source. You call it whatever you want. It's all the same thing. So what happens is when you get into a blissed out state, you feel that. When you feel love, joy, peace, bliss, you feel that. But when we're harboring lower vibrations, we're either working on them in our auric field until they come into manifestation in our body. So you have some blockages, just fears, right? Not okay. huge blockages. They're just right out here where you'll be like, well, I work so hard and I'm doing all of this and I know I'm seeing strides, but like, I know that this is happening for me one day. I know. And your grandma says you're bright. It is. Mm. She just, mm. you just got to keep going because all of us have little ups and downs all day long. Okay. Yeah. And when you have, um, one day where you just start attaching to those downs, it's going to take you down farther. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Your normal day, you do really good at keeping mm -hmm. yourself up here. But she says, sometimes when you connect to those negative thoughts, you take like three or four steps back. And she mm -hmm. says, that's what today is about that you don't have to take those three or four steps back anymore. Just keep okay. going. Know that this is your purpose, that this is your mission. And have you and your partner talked about getting married? We've discussed it. Okay. Because there's a little fear in there too about, okay, well, because you see yourself having kids one day. I mean, yeah, I've always wanted to be a mom. Yeah, because yeah. she shows me you with small children mm. and kind of having this fear of, well, when I have kids and when all of this happens, what if it happens all at the same time? The same time, yeah. Oh, I, since I was little, I've had that, like, odd, like, oddly enough, like when I was a teenager, I was like always scared about balancing work and life. <laughs> yes, yes. And she said it's supposed to happen at the same time. And here's mm. why. Because you as a healer, which you are in a, in a different way, you know, there's healers in every different industry. Mm -hmm. As a healer, you cannot help someone unless you have experienced it for yourself. Mm. So there's a big part of this that you're going to be stepping into and it's supposed to happen at the same time. She said, so stop trying to fear it or to worry about it because there's nothing to worry about. It's part of your path here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs>
I know. I'm so excited for you. I so, know. Yeah. So to everybody listening, um, we'll jump in and I just want to you to know that we are here with Hannah Cranston. She has her own podcast, which you have to check out. She used to be on YouTube a little bit, but now she does a morning segment every once in a while on Good Morning America. Hannah, nobody can describe you better than you can describe yourself. Tell us more about you and what you do and where people can find your podcast. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be connecting with you and talking about the things that I'm passionate about. I am Hannah Cranston. I used to host a show on YouTube called Think Tank that basically covered anything and everything that millennials could be curious about. I'm so driven by curiosity. And then I also was a frequent guest host on The Young Turks, which is a news program that's also on YouTube. And then I uh, started my podcast, which is called Too Much to Handle. Um, you can find it anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And the entire concept behind this podcast is my whole life I've been told I was too much. I was too much to handle. And I think as women, we're often told, you know, we're too loud, we're too opinionated, we're too needy, uh, we're too demanding, we're too emotional, or, you know, even when it comes to our bodies, our bodies are too much, we're too skinny, or too fat, or too muscular. And I kind of want to just call BS on that and, you know, have a call to action to women everywhere. Uh, we have a lot of male listeners too, and a lot of non-binary listeners as well, but just a call to action, everybody to own that too muchness and to own who you are and celebrate it. Well, let's talk about this because this is really why I wanted to have you on the podcast was to discuss this subject. Because you know what? My aunt pulled me aside one time and she goes, did you know that your grandmother and, you know, some people in the family used to call you weird when you were a mm-hmm. child, that, that they said that you were different, you know, in this way that they didn't understand. And you have to understand that at the age of two, I was talking about weird things to them or that they considered weird. Like my family went to a funeral one time and my grandma stayed home with me and it was literally, it literally checks out where I had just turned two years old and she was trying to explain you know heaven and the concept of a heaven and I said well I know because I was there I was there with God before I chose to come yeah. with mommy and daddy so this concept I mean it hurt my feelings for so long that yeah. I was the odd duck in my family but it was because I was empathic I feel other people's feelings and I've always had this gift I just didn't know what it was or I wasn't in the environment to really develop it. So you are so self-aware and you figured this out early on. Talk to me about you being empathic as a young person and how you felt about being called too much and how you really worked that out of your system because it does take self-work to do Yeah. Well, first of all, you're giving me like chills on my arm because when I was two, literally same age, I told my parents about my previous life and how I died and then went to mommy's tummy. Like I had this whole story that just came to me as a two year old. So I think I just, I always, when I was younger, I remember like not so much like specifics, but I've always felt other people's emotions and I didn't know how, I didn't have the words to describe it. Like I could feel people's emotions in a room. I could feel what was happening. Even later in life, even now, I take on people's, I can feel people's physical pain. 
if I'm in in bed or something like that, I'll wake up with excruciating. I used to wake up with excruciating knee pain and think that I couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, I'd wake up a little bit more and realize that my mom had just torn her ACL. Yes. I was taking on her pain. This is um, why I created the angel school where I teach people how to do angel Reiki because mm. if you don't know how to do things right, you are absorbing other people's energy. Right. Yeah, you'll have a client come in who had just gotten like, a tooth pulled, and I have never had teeth issues, ended up having like a massive toothache the next day, went into the dentist. The dentist said, well, well you're going to have to have that tooth pulled. I said, what? You've got to be kidding me. And I went to a, get a second opinion, and it had gone away. No wow. tooth pulled. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is the power of being empathic. Yeah. And nobody under – like. Like, at least when I was younger, it was really hard to put words to it. So I would be sitting at a restaurant and I wouldn't be able to focus because I was so highly sensitive that the noises I couldn't handle. Yeah. And so I think as I got older, if I'm being completely honest, I learned how to quash a lot of what I was feeling. I would still take on people's emotion and it would manifest in anger Yeah. Um, because I couldn't deal properly with what I was feeling. And as I've gotten older and as I've started really sort of diving into my curiosity around spirituality, around personal development, and just going to talk therapy and sort of walking through what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, when I was feeling, what those triggers were, I realized what I was and I realized it was an empath, right? And my my therapist said, hey, you're an empath. Like this is why you are having these emotions. Look it up. So then I became obsessed with it and was on Google and trying to research and and going so into it. I'm like, oh my god, this explains everything. Yeah, this explains why I react. Like why I get so emotional. Why I feel a need to assert myself in different ways because I w- was taking on everything that's going on around me. Um, and just having that verbiage and having that understanding myself, then I could explain it to other people. Yeah. Like, this is why I feel this way. This is why I react this way. And that was just opened up in a completely different world for me. Yeah. And that's something that we haven't talked about in a while on the podcast is why people who are empathic are so highly sensitive, Mm. which is because, you know, and there's more to it that maybe you can explain. But to me, you know, I can go through my day and encounter five people, but I've also encountered everybody who's on their spirit team on the other side. Mm. And, And when you work in an office environment and you have 20 people around you, magnify that by 10 people each. There's just two much energy all the time coming at you if you don't know how to protect yourself. Right. And I think because we are so empathic, I think some of the issues that I have run into my life is when I feel someone's sadness or when I feel someone's tension around something, not only do I take on that emotion, I'm then like, oh, well, how do I fix it? How do I fix this emotion in me between us and that person? I need to fix it. And then that just adds a whole other burden to carry unless, and so I just started, I honestly, the way that I have dealt with it and I'm not perfect because I still take on, especially the people who are close to me, but Mm -hmm. I learned how to sort of block out people in the periphery is I literally imagine myself as a porous being 
And I imagine me just like closing the gates, like an old school, like medieval castle, like bring it down. No more. You cannot come in. (laughs) I'll put a moat around me. (laughs) I love it. I love the moat. How do you handle this? Because friendships can actually be hard and family can be hard in this particular way. When I find myself getting together with people, I am so inclusive because I don't want anybody to feel excluded Mm -hmm. that I invite everybody (laughs) too big. And sometimes like the events just kind of explode on themselves or implode because not everybody can show. Um, I want to go to a party at your house. (laughs) How do you deal with that? How do you deal with sometimes like the guilty feelings that come in? because you're trying to appease everybody all at the same time? It's such a tough one. I think as I've gotten older, I think the power and the practice, honestly, of saying no. Mm-hmm. And just, sometimes it's saying no to yourself because oftentimes, especially as women, we're like, I should do this. I should invite this person. I should be taking care of this person. I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. And oftentimes I find myself saying, no to myself, mm-hmm. right? Because I recognize if I overexert myself, if I do all of these things that I just don't have the capacity for, right. then I'm gonna, I'm just gonna self-implode myself. Right. Right. Because you don't leave enough space to take care of you. And then if you're not taking care of you, you can't take care of others. So it becomes this really toxic domino effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly for me, what's been really helpful is saying no. And I think where the practice comes in is your gut knows. Mm -hmm. Your gut knows what is right and what is wrong for you, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's inviting somebody, taking a job, doing a favor for somebody, your gut knows what's going to be helpful for you and what's not going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. And it's really just listening to that gut and slowing down and being like, all right, how is this going to feel? How does this feel now? Even just debating these two different options. And then being able to listen to your gut and communicating that. Because sometimes we listen, but like we hear our gut, but then we're like, no, but I really should do this anyway. And we don't listen. And then we get mad because then we get sick or it's, you know, something bad happens or whatever it is because we didn't listen. We didn't follow our gut. I call that push energy. When you're trying Mm. to push something too much. I had this happen this fall because I've, I know my energy so well. And what happened was I'm rebranding. I wanted to get this new website done. I went through this whole process, was supposed to have a website launch. And the girl came to me and said, not only do I not have the website done, but I need you to pay me this much extra money to going with the project. So I was so bummed out. And I kept looking for somebody, kept looking for somebody that I could trust. And spirit kept saying, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. So finally, like over winter break with when my husband and daughter were home, spirit says, okay, go online, go to this spot. Uh, What is it? Like Jenna Kutcher has a Uh, like group online um, with marketing professionals on there. So I went on there. They were like, this is the person you need to go see. And so we connected with her. She ended up having a cousin who was in a horrible car accident. And 
or motorcycle accident. And I'm just so happy to be talking to her as she's finding out this news. And I said, is her dad on the other side? Because there's a, there's a fatherly figure sitting right next to her. And she said, yes. So we got to talk about, you know, the reason that spirit had me holding off on this whole process was because I was supposed to connect with her at this time to let her know her cousin. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. I think sometimes, at least in my, in my career, in my personal life, what I've realized is with hindsight, of course, right? Cause hindsight's 2020, but with hindsight, everything that's happened has been guidance from the universe to its bigger plan for me. Right. And like into the right space. And, and so that I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing when it's my time to do, you know, whatever it may be or whoever I'm supposed to be with or whatever it may be, because I, I really seen that sort of like zigzag when you're in it, it sucks. Mm -hmm. When you're in, when you're in the zigzag, it can be a real B. Um, But then when you look back at it, you're like, Oh, because I didn't get that job or I didn't get to date that guy or I didn't do whatever it is. I was able to get this bigger, better opportunity. And you realize that, that was, you know, whoever you want to call it, spirit universe, but I, I like universe was guiding me, you know, and guiding me to the right space so that I could be, be ready. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if we finished your story. So talk to me about how you came into your own awakening. Mm, yeah. Honestly, it's funny when, with spirituality because it often comes to you when you need it the most, when you're at your lowest point and probably when you're trying to turn it away. <laughs> I tell this story. I remember so distinctly, I was on a treadmill and I've been a runner since I was 16 and I've been obsessed with working out and fitness for you know a large portion of my life. And I was on this treadmill and I'm running and I'm really don't want to be running, but I was, you know, I think we get so obsessed with like, Oh no, every day I run this many miles and this is what I'm going to do today. And so I was running and like, no, I need to, you know, stay this. I need to get this mileage because then this is where my body will be and blah, 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 blah. All that crazy talk us women do uh, and men, then men do it too. And I had this moment where I was just like, wait, I am wasting my life hating my body. I am wasting my life putting stress around my body. What am I doing? You know, like who the heck cares if I have an inch that I see on my thighs, but nobody else in the world probably sees. And that was sort of the impetus for me to really step into my power and start getting invested in the spiritual world. So I bought the book, uh, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. And so that kind of like started my foray into personal development. And then it wasn't until that was probably in 2017. And then last year I had a lot of highs, but I also had like a lot of lows and I kind of took that as a sign to really invest not only in personal development, but in spirituality. So I started reading Gabby Bernstein. I read The Universe Has Your Back was the first book that I read. And that sort of opened my eyes. 
and I started meditating. I bought myself some crystals. Um, I started talking to guides and asking for signs and doing all of this stuff that I think I've always been curious about. But I think sometimes in our, you know, go, go, go culture and our Western culture, we sort of dismiss. But luckily enough, I'm in LA. I'm in the land of the hippie anyway. So people are more open to that. But that's when I really started getting into it. I think mid last year. And I just like dove in head first. Now I'm like doing my full moon ceremonies. I'm like throwing sage all around. And it has just like completely transformed my perception of the world. And so I think because of that, it's completely transformed my life. And it's really a big part of your purpose here too. So have you thought about the book yet? Because your grandmother has been showing me the book since lunch. And it's dinner time. (laughs) That's amazing. I have always wanted to write a book. I've always been really passionate about writing. So I have, that's always been sort of like on my goal list. Yeah. That's awesome that it's in the future. It's going to (laughs) happen. It is. It is. And you know, what you you have to do is you just have to start writing down these ideas. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. what happens is if you don't write something down, you're going to lose it. So if you just keep like a little journal and even if you write, you know, a paragraph here, a paragraph there, that's all you need. Don't spend your time writing two or three pages because it's going to become overwhelming to you and you're not Mm going to want to do it. So just write shorter bits to help you remember to to those points. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yay. You talked about something on your podcast last week that I want to go into. I think it was last week. Was that the one on boundaries? Yes. Okay. So you like talked about this and I had a total aha moment because Mm. so you were talking about when you have an experience that you don't want to have happened, a lot of times we don't know what our boundaries are until an instance occurs. And you were talking about education and in the schools. And my aha moment was that's how you prepare your child as a parent of, you know what, if you were in this situation at work, how would you handle it? Mm -hmm. If you're in this situation with your friends, How would you handle it? So that you're giving them the opportunity to think about these things before they occur. That was like mind blown. Yes, yes. I think that is so important. And I I reference back to the story that I covered years ago about a mother who from birth, from the birth of her son, every time she picked him up, she asked him if she could touch him. So she started instilling the concepts of consent, the concepts of boundaries, the concept that you have control over other people in your life from birth. And of course, he's not responding like no mom at, you know, two months old, but he's, but he's learning that verbiage. And she's, when she says he turns away, she doesn't pick him up. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, when you reach for a baby, the baby reaches back and things like that. We were just starting that conversation around boundaries. So I think that that has always stuck with me as such an important way to sort of like teach boundaries because you're right. Oftentimes we don't realize we have a boundary somewhere until it's crossed. And that's, that's, you know, that is an unfortunate truth. And sometimes we have boundaries, we communicate them and they're still crossed which is unfortunate. But I think what I try to do with my 
friends, with my career, with my podcast is inspire others to use your voice, right? So when that boundary is crossed and you recognize that boundary, having the voice to say, you know what, that you crossed a boundary there. That makes me uncomfortable. In, in the future, can we approach it this way? Or I need this, like instead. And having that, having the, not only just the tools to communicate, but the confidence to communicate. Right. So this was so powerful to me because I know the listeners on the podcast have heard my story about one employer that I worked for. And not all the employers that I worked for did I have like a bad time with. But, you know, my first job out of college, I worked for this gentleman and he crossed lines all the time in different ways. And a lot of times with my time where Mm. he'd call at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, 6 a.m. And if I didn't answer the phone, I got reamed for it the next day where I had to be on 24 seven. And it wasn't just weekdays. It was Saturday, Sunday. And right. What you were saying in the podcast too, which I think is so applicable here because it's empathic. It's all talking about empaths is that a lot of times when you're empathic, other people feel that we're those types of people and they will maybe not take advantage of it, but Mm -hmm. use it to their benefit. Because your gates are open. Your medieval castle gates are open and people see the castle inside and they want to, they want to be in the castle. They want to revel in that because when you're an empath, you're a caretaker. You're going to, you're going to feed their ego. You're going to help them with whatever they need help with and just be there to absorb. And they, they know that they can, you know, penetrate those walls. They can come straight into your, you know, empathic being. And that is like part of why I imagine the, you know, castle door is closing because then I'm like, I know that I'm putting that energy out. Yeah. I know that I have that energy out where I am not going to sort of let you just sort of come in and, you know, pillage my town, (laughs) uh, pillage my energy. I think I'm really sticking with this metaphor here. I hope that people are. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's a way of like shielding your energy. Exactly. It's shielding your energy. And again, going back to that communication thing is I think communication and voicing our, our, our boundaries is so important and the way we do it is so important, right? And I know we've talked a lot about this in, in terms of in the cultural zeitgeist about how you email or how you text, the wording that you use and the verbiage that you use. So instead of saying, I can't answer the phone after 10 p.m. or I'm asleep after 10 p.m. or I don't want to answer the phone after 10 p.m. I don't answer the phone after 10 p.m. You know, like that is a rule that I do not follow. You know, like I, I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, and just communicating that and people will respect it, hopefully, unless you have a really shitty boss. But most of the time, if you say I don't do this, people respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I I recently stopped drinking. And instead of saying like, oh, I'm not having a, I'm not having a drink tonight. I say, I don't drink. Yeah. That's awesome. Because if you said, I'm not having a drink tonight, they'd probably encourage you. Oh, come on. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. I really like that, that you put that hard boundary on it because that is the verbiage that they need to hear that makes them back up. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I think we're so scared. Like, oh my God, what if somebody doesn't like me if I give them that harsh, you know, we think it's, I think of it as a sort of a harsh way to say something. But if you're in a relationship, whether it be a partner or a friendship, and they can't handle you saying, I don't do this, right? Let, let's stop it here, then already that that's a toxic relationship. If they can't handle that communication, they can't ha- handle that boundary setting, that's not a relationship you want to be investing your energy in anyway. Right. Right? No, that's perfect. So you have all these great tidbits because you've been working with different spiritual healers, self-help experts. Tell us more about the tricks and the best tips that you have learned for empathic people. Ooh, that is such a good one. I think visualization has always been really powerful for me. I'm a very visual person. So doing things visually has always really resonated with me. And so like my example with my pores sort of closing off to other people's energy, like that has really, really, really helped me. And I think the biggest tip it has been also, again, kind of going back to communication. So for me, as a highly sensitive person, I'm very highly sensitive to anything that I'm feeling. And one way that it manifests is like I can be not hungry all day. And then within a second, I'm starving and have the worst hunger pangs. Like it's just like comes on like that. And I'm so sensitive to it. And it's, sometimes people don't understand that, right? And so just having the confidence and having the words to explain, like, this is how I am. This is what happens. And so when that hunger pang hits, like, I need to eat. Like, that is just, I need to. It's not like, oh, maybe we'll eat in the near future. No, it's like, it needs to happen now. And so figuring out different ways to sort of, like, explain it and not be ashamed of it. Because shame plays such a huge role, especially for empaths. Like we get so entrapped in shame that it can completely shut us down. And you shouldn't be just because we have different needs. Right. That was another huge lesson that I learned. Everybody has different needs and like, that's okay. Like not everybody needs to have the exact same needs. We don't need to uh, appease everybody's needs. Like we can have totally separate needs and that doesn't make us too much to handle. That doesn't make us too difficult. That doesn't make us too needy. It just means we have different needs. And knowing that that I had different needs and that I wasn't needy was a huge awakening for me, especially in my romantic relationships. And just communicating like, oh, this may have been awesome for your last girlfriend. She must have loved this. But for me, this is what I need. And I don't care about like the other superfluous stuff. So you can like forget about that and just you know, direct your energy this way. And that was really helpful for me to be awoken to. That's amazing. I love that. You want to hear a fun fact? I do. (laughs) Have you studied or have you heard about like a course in miracles at all? Yes. Okay. So the woman who wrote that was involved in like a well, there's like a circle of healers that would all get together in New York City and they just test different things and they figure things out. And I got all of his books downstairs, but the name of the author is escaping me right now. He tested though the vibrational frequency of different emotions, different feelings. Mm. And he found that let's say if love is 1000, yeah. He thought fear would be the least 
right? Hmm. It's not. Yeah. Shame is. Yeah. Shame is the lowest vibration that he found. So, wow. which just shows you that if you're vibrating that low, that that's the reason that we can't get anywhere with shame, with shaming ourselves, with shaming others. Yeah. And think about how many, how many things in your life you feel shame about, right? Especially as women, like we feel shame about our bodies, like all the time, right? We feel shame about our success or lack thereof. We feel shame about the way we speak to other people, uh, communicating our boundaries and things like that. And so you do have that lower vibration and that's like the goal of like what I do is to sort of break people from that and be like, don't feel shameful about being this awesome self of yours. Own it, celebrate it, you know, and then you'll vibrate higher and then you'll actually bring in more of what you want to bring in. I always say like, you gotta, I, I love people who brag. <laughs> I love it. Like, you know, not obviously not if it comes out of insecurity and things like that, but we need to celebrate bragging more instead of telling people to like be smaller, right? To not talk about their successes, to not talk about how much they love their bodies, you know, like yes. brag it up. <laughs> brag it up. I love it. I love it. And as I flick to the clock right now, it's five forty four two angel number. Yay. Yes. <laughs> so Talk to us a little bit more, too, about your healing journey that you're on right now as an empath. I find that the struggles that we've been through really aid us in helping others and healing others. So 2019, you said you went through a lot. How's 2020 going to be different? And what are you working on now that you learned, you know, stemming from last year? Yeah. I, one of the things that I learned last year that has just completely transformed my life is being grateful for all of the negative things that I have been through. And so one of those things happened when I was really young. Um, I was a teenager and I had a, a trauma and that gave me perspective at a really young age when everybody else my age had this, you know, invincibility complex and it taught me perspective and it taught me how to, it made me grow up and realize what was important in life. And so I'm grateful for that. And I think I brought that through on my spiritual journey um, and knowing that, right. And bringing that in. And so I think last year looking at some of the pits in my journey and being grateful for what it taught me, right? And being, so so some things taught me different things about my career or about my health or about my relationships, even though they sucked and they were painful and gut-wrenching in the moment, taking a step back and thinking about, okay, how did that, like, what did that teach me? How did that prepare me for what's to come next? And so I think going into 2020, using the lessons that I learned while also maintaining that humility that, you know, life's negativities are always going to teach you something else is what I'm hoping to bring into this year. Using the lessons that I learned during the hard times to then put forth to bring on more good times. And one of the biggest lessons I learned last year was you need hard times. You need them. Otherwise, how are you going to appreciate the super awesome times? 
How are you going to appreciate the highest points in life if you don't have any hardship? Yeah. And so just be appreciative of that hardship when it's happening big. This means that when that positivity comes, when that amazing peak in my life comes, I am going to appreciate it that much more. I'm going to be able to revel in it that much more because I suffered through this. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If people want to find you, definitely follow her over on Instagram. You can see your journey over there. Where else should they go? Yeah, so Instagram and Twitter at Hannah Cranston. If you're on Facebook at Hannah Cranston host. And then, yeah, listen, I would love if you would listen to my podcast, Too Much to Handle. It's on Apple, Spotify, all the places you listen to podcasts. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited for this journey that you're on and to see where it takes you because sky's the limit, girlfriend. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way, we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast.